0: Hello and welcome back to Peanut Butter Naya Time. You're here with me, Naya. Um, and today we are talking all things funny. I thought that we'd take um a different spin on today's podcast. And I have had so many random things happen to me in my lifetime, my very long lifetime, obviously. Um that was sarcasm. Um, and I wanted to chat about this and I'm gonna tell you guys some of these funny stories that I've experienced from my in my life I think that these experiences have definitely come from like living abroad in different countries also just me being a noob um also yeah just really random stuff happening in my life I don't know if it's a consistent theme but let's figure it out as we go um so okay so the first story is about that time this story I would like to call that time that that time, people thought I was my dad's wife. <laughs> or should I say, sugar baby? I the time, that time people thought I was my dad's sugar baby. Um, so when I was, I think I was maybe nineteen. Yeah, I would have been nineteen. Um, and oh, was a nine? Yeah, it would have been nineteen. Anyway, so I went with my dad up to the snow, and like we went to the snow when I was younger, like a little bit, but not. We're not. Avid s- snow bunnies, you know, we going to the snow was expensive, first of all. So, um, we were also not like dedicated skiers and snowboarders. So, we went when I was younger a few times. I learned how to ski. I felt like my dad was like good at skiing back then from memory, but honestly, we didn't go for like 20 years. Um, but I went, I went, I went to a snowboard camp when I was 16 and I really learned how to snowboard. And that was like the first time I'd been back to the snow properly since i was probably like 10 but yeah so we went back and um dad and i were like let's take like a daughter and father like trip to the snow it'd be really fun like dad knows how to ski i know how a snowboard um i say dad knows how to ski but dad had not been skiing for about at least 12 years anyway i said 20 years before but i'm telling you 12 years is probably more accurate or maybe yeah so we got like some old gear um we headed up we like hide the stuff on the way up but we just had to drive so we're going to Mount Buller, which is a really popular like pretty much the only um snow ski field sorry that we have in the Melbourne Victoria area that's like pretty popular so we get to this snowfield. um our plan was to drive up to like Mansfield and then hire the gear and then head up and then get the bus so we're parked in the bottom. So we're going overnight. Um, We – Dad and I were like – Dad was like, we don't have much money to spend on this. Let's just book something like random. So I booked this like random place that um we could, we could share. It was pretty cheap. Anyway, we head up to the bus. Here is location number one where things started to become interesting. So anyway, we we got on this bus that would take us up the mountain to the ski field, and then at there we would like check in and do all our stuff, right? And so dad and I get on this bus that takes us up from Mansfield up to the ski field, and when we get there, the guys like, oh, yeah, it's just you and your missus, and I was my like my soul was like, huh, and I just like looked at dad and I was like. I played the ultimate teenage card. I just went and sat in like a corner by myself. I was like, no, thank you. I am not your girlfriend. And dad was just joking around because my dad has like a sense of humor. He was just like, it's like, yeah, just here with my missus. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm dying. Um, but I think honestly dad was also shocked and he was just like laughing to me about it. Anyway, so took this bus up and then, yeah, we started, we went to the snow and we, I think we stayed, we, we stayed at one place overnight <laughs> Um, but we I think went skiing just a little bit one day and then we went to sleep and then woke up the next morning and went to breakfast at this this hotel and um there was like a whole group of like I feel like I think they're like Malaysian they were definitely like aunties and uncles anyway they're sitting on another table and dad and I walked in together sat at a table and then um this like nosy one of the guys from this like group was so nosy so like so true of like a Malaysian uncle like came over and was like oh how's how are you guys uh you're doing well uh? and then like you hear here after you like anniversary or something like like I'm just doing a Malaysian accent and I was like and dad was like looked at me and my soul was just like no why anyway so once again they thought that I was my dad's girlfriend uh and then my dad was like no this is my daughter uh and the guy's like, oh, sorry, yeah. Sorry, he wasn't sure. I was like, oh, my soul. I was like, first of all, does this mean that I'm finally of age where I look like I could be someone that my father dates? That's like the first thing I thought. Secondly, I was like, my dad and I look relatively similar. I think we look pretty similar and alike. I'm like, did you even look at our faces? If you looked at our faces, you would notice that we look pretty alike. I have the same nose as him. And like, we do the same facial expressions. It was just strange. Anyway, um, my soul was dying. and I was just like, and dad just really lived into the joke and thought it was so funny. Um, So he just, he he knew I felt uncomfortable about it. So he just made me feel even more uncomfortable, which we love. That's what dads are for. Um, Anyway, yeah, we love that for, we love that for me. Yeah. Okay. Story number two is um, from living in Myanmar. So uh, I lived in Myanmar from 2019 to 2021. It was so fun. Some of the best times I've ever had were in Malay and not Malaysia, Myanmar. It was so fun. Um, really grew as people a lot. But also I think like Myanmar just really taught us to like go with the flow and that like, I don't know, you just like, I feel like when we lived in Myanmar, we were so chill. We were just like, yeah, like you just embrace the nuances and the cute little intricacies of the country and just like the people, the culture. They definitely were like more laid back and obviously it was nothing like Living in Hong Kong or living in Australia, where everything is so, you know, well structured, defined, like regimented. You know, everything's like quite orderly. Whereas in Myanmar, like there's order, but it's like chaotic order. You know, and like anything kind of flows, which is something I love about Southeast Asia. Is just like how people are so like go with the flow and just anything, anything goes. You know, they're not gonna not gonna fuss around about like the small things. Anyway, so in Myanmar we used to grab around a lot, um, and It's so funny in Myanmar, like, all the taxis are this really old pro box. But it's really interesting because they bought these taxi pro boxes from Japan. So, um, yeah, they're all these, like, dingy little, like, pro boxes. But they're all the grabs and they buy them all secondhand. And I think apparently, like, importing these cars secondhand is really expensive, which is kind of crazy. But, yeah, but a fun fact about Myanmar is, like, you have – um cars that are like both sides. So you have left and right cars. Um and then they drive on the they drive on the left hand side of the road, but then they have cars that are like right that are left. Yeah. So like the opposite to what they should be. Like usually a UK or like a left hand side drive is a right hand driver seat, but it's left handed for some of them. But anyway, that's just because like I think um colonization and a mixture of other things happening there but very random anyway back on track to what i was trying to say is so we used to catch grabs a lot and sometimes when you take a really late night grab you are not really sure like what you're going to get um not in terms of the car but like the driver anyway so we were alex and i were trying to get home one night and we flagged down this this grab um and he pulled up and he was like oh we like hopped in the car and he was like somebody in the front seat and he's like oh sorry yeah my my friends just like, cruising with me tonight. And we're like okay no worries. It was so funny like and this did not happen just once. Like there were like multiple occasions where like the driver just brought like a friend in the car and I was like this is great like why would you not do that? I'm going to do that. If I became a taxi driver, I would just like get my friend around like that lived around the suburb just like cruise around with me for the night so that you didn't feel so lonely. There was a one time we hopped in a grab and it was like a whole family in the car. There was like a mom and a kid um and yeah I think they were just like commuting or like whatever they all needed to be together and you was just it just is was what it was but um that was so funny like I feel those experiences just make you more compassionate and like open to whatever happens in the world like you're like oh yeah like sure you know bring your family along on the ground no worries like it's just the norm where I feel like if someone did that in like Hong Kong or should they be like what are you doing? this Is this so unprofessional? Like, what is this experience? Blah blah blah. Right. Um. So, I just love that about Southeast Asia and just like that laid-back nature of just kind of like anything goes. It's kind of so funny and fun. All right. My story number three is about when I was in Japan and I was being so unruly. Um. So we at a ramen restaurant, this was really embarrassing because like if you think about Japanese culture. Japanese culture is very like honorable, you know? Like you you very much like, you know, if you're a chef, you're cooking to you really get the approval of your of um oh my god, I'm getting the word of um the person eating your food. What a terrible way for me to describe that. Um but for your patron, ha. <laughs> sorry, okay, just my brain is dying at nighttime. But yeah. Anyway, so you want to, your patron to have the best experience, like, you know, eating your food. And so I think they, they, they really, in Japanese culture, it's very, like, honourable. Everything they do, they do it to the best standard. And everything that you eat as well, you need to be very respectful, right? Anyways, so we ate this ramen. And then um, they had teacups as well. But then also on the tables, they had these jugs, which you would naturally think was tea, right? Correct me if you think I am wrong. I hundred percent think if there is a jug on the table, that is for drinking., okay, anyway, so then um, I ran out of tea, so I decided to fill up my cup, so I grabbed this jug and poured it into my cup. and then I very and then I took a sip and I was like, "Oh my God, it's the soup. And I felt so awkward, and I had to like indicate to the guy. I was like, "Oh, sorry, like, can I have a new cup? I accidentally like poured the soup into this cup. And um, the look that he gave was like, it's just full of disdain. Like he was just, it was honestly, that's all I needed. I knew that I had done so wrong already. But then he gave me that look. I was like, oh my God, this is like my dad looking at me after failing like a spelling test or something when I was 12. Anyway, it was very embarrassing. And I felt very sad to make that man feel so ashamed of me. Um, but yeah, then anyway, I got a new glass, new cup and got actual tea, but it was a good lesson learned to always check the jug on your table. If you're in a Japanese restaurant, do not assume that it is tea. Do not force yourself into a situation where you are going to be embarrassed because that is what I did and it was not fun. I can tell you that. Um, but it was funny in hindsight and it was funny to me in the moment and it was funny to Alex. So maybe it was fun, whatever. I just felt really bad for the guy though. All right, um, okay, I have another story for you guys. Before we do that, let's take a peanut butter break. Um, So this is such an American peanut butter fact because, like, I feel like Americans definitely invented peanut butter. But two presidents in the U.S. have actually been peanut butter farm, peanut, peanut, peanut farmers originally, so Thomas Jefferson and uh, Jimmy Carter. Did you know that? I didn't know that. But also I got feedback that people were disappointed that I was not eating peanut butter in my episodes. So I am going to eat some peanut butter. But I would just like to highlight. um, If y'all have like peanut butters that you want me to try and test, let me know. I would love to test some different peanut butters, give some reviews. But I also want to know what your guys' thoughts are on me like making peanut peanut butter like foods or, or things with peanut butter whilst we are filming. And doing our podcast together. Let me know. Because I can always talk you through that and let you know what a good recipe is. Okay, here we have the legendary Maver's Dark Roast Peanut Butter. If you see here. Dark Roast is the Oh, sorry. Dark Roast is the best um peanut butter flavor for crunchy at Maver's. It's you can actually see like dark roast in it. Um, it's like I think it's very good. Um, I can't really fault it to be honest. I think it's a little bit sweeter than a Pix. Well, it's probably the same sweetness, just a little, just a little bit sweeter. Not as salty, but the dark roast is so good. I can't really fault it. Like if I see it in the supermarket, I will always pick it up. <clears throat> <clears throat> now i have peanut butter stuck in my throat okay going back to my story um so the next story i have is really funny so my sister and i okay i don't know if you guys know what Legree reformer pilates is but i actually started going to it when i was in hong kong at a place called h core <clears throat> so if you've ever been to normal pilates which is god this is like opening up a, a bush door but like Normal like reformer Pilates is built off Pilates, which and Pilates is just like a normal mat Pilates, similar to yoga, kind of ish. Is like how I'm going to give it a basic description, but it's like more strength conditioning, like kind of like a little bit ballet, but not anyway. Anyway, so reformer Pilates is like Pilates on a bed, and it's like a a bed with a resistance and like a pole, like a foot pole, foot foot bar. And straps, and you can do a whole lot of range of movements. It's essentially like strength conditioning. <clears throat> Just Google that, guys. I'm giving it, like, I'm absolutely butchering things, like, the description here. But um, reformer like Pilates is kind of, like, the normal thing that a lot of people do. But then the crazy people, like me sometimes, um, do something called Legree Reformer. So Lagree started in L.A., and it's, like, this mega reformer bed um, with extra bits and, like, poles and stuff. Just Google it once again, butchering it um and the the focus of uh, like the mega reformer so the like gray reformer is to do like m- like deeper strength and conditioning so you when you do each movement you do it for like two minutes and you do like four seconds down four seconds up so it's like a total of eight seconds per each like motion um but you do like each exercise for two minutes <clears throat> sorry peanut butter stuck in my throat <clears throat> but, um, so I caught on to this in Hong Kong, thought it was super fun. And when I went to visit my sister last year, I was like, dude, we've got to try this, like, the degree reform of Pilates. Like, it's super intense. And um, I love the burn. Like, you've got to try it, it's really fun. So we were in Orlando. Um, and I was like, oh, let me find a class. And I found this class. I was like, cool, they have this time slot. And I thought it was a bit weird that they had like so many time slots. But anyway, it adds like more of this will come out of the story. So, we wake up at like 7 a.m., head to this class, get there at like 7.45 or whatever. We get to this – we booked it on on Pass as well, so we got it for free. <laughs> anyway, but we got to the studio and there was like no one manning the studio. And I was like, oh, my God, it's a virtual studio. My sister was like, what? And I was like, it's a virtual studio. Like I don't think anyone actually manned it. I think we have to like put the pin code in and like get in. So then we didn't get a pin code to Pass because we booked it kind of late at night the night before. So I don't think the, the email or whatever ever came through. Anyway, so then we rang the lady on the number and the lady picked up and she was like, oh, I'm not at the studio, but, like, this is the number. So we, we got the code, got inside. And then there's just, like, five ref- of these Legree reformers, like, with a mirror and stuff. Um, and then that was kind of, like, weird already. I was like, oh, I really, 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 really don't like when you go to a fitness studio and there's like no one there, or they like just, you know what I mean? Like that's not the point of going to a bloody like fitness studio. Like we're there for the instructor, not a pre-recorded video to watch you do a workout and like we follow. That's just weird and lazy and just like not a good business model. Anyway, so that was really weird that it was like pre-recorded. But then we went into the bathroom. I went to the bathroom and I was like, "Whoa!" It was like this huge like um statue of like Christ, Jesus Christ and um like with all the slick files off like okay that's fine like you're religious cool a bit much for like a studio but sure anyway then we get on these reformer beds and we start this class and at the start of the class this lady comes on the instruction she gives this like full-on prayer i'm just going to preface this by saying like my sister and i are not religious i have no issues with religion i'm just not religious but like there was no forewarning that this class was a religious class so i was like "Mm, interesting anyway so she was giving this like long ass prayer and then um i was like okay sure like that's fine we can we can swallow that part of it anyway and then we started doing the workout which was like kind of okay but then she kept just like referring to in the in the like whole workout to like small things about um, religion or like Jesus or God. And it was just a bit much. Like, I feel like it was just, it kind of got to the point where it was kind of funny. And my son, I was like, what is happening? Like, how do we get ourselves into this situation? How are we here in this moment? It was just so bizarre. And I remember her reference, like, one of her things that she said was, like, okay, when it's really hurting and like you're really in pain, just remember, like, you have Him inside of you. And I was like, "Uh, no, that is not what I want to what I want to hear." When I'm like doing this lunging, this lunge, and my quad is burning and my glute is burning, no, no, thank you. Anyway, my sister and I were like, kind of just like super confused. Kind of felt like a very strange thing to happen in an American setting in Orlando. It was very strange. Anyway, I thought it was very funny, but strange, but weird. My sister and I were like, "We are never going back there again." That was really oh, weird. Um. Anyway, that was my story of um, going to a virtual studio, fitness studio in in uh, Orlando, and almost getting converted. But to be honest, um, you should try the re reformer. It's really, really good. If you ever get the opportunity, to start with a basic class and then work up from there. It is not easy. Just warning you, and you will probably feel very pain, a lot of pain for a long time. But you love it, right? You love it. My last story is about me being called the bone breaker. <laughs> Sorry, that was my dramatic, my dramatic uh sound effects uh of me being the bone breaker. But some of my really close friends know this story. So for you guys, it this will bore you, but here it is. Um so I've been responsible in my lifetime for breaking three different individuals' bones. Um totally not planned at all. I'm not a malicious person. I'm just very clumsy and as my mother would like to say, I am heavy boned. So um, the first time was when I was in year four. So I think I was grade four, I would have been like nine. Anyway, so I was playing. So at my primary school, there was like a Little Lee's oval and a Biggie oval. So you were if you were like uh, a certain age group, you're not supposed to play on the big, Biggie's oval because then you don't like Size difference, all that. So, all the people who were like in prep, um, till about grade three or four would play on like the littleies oval. Um, from grade four to grade six, you can play on the bees oval. So, technically, I should really have been on the bees oval because I was also heavy boned as my, my mother never lets me forget. Um, so we were. I was playing in the Lily's Oval and we were playing tag with like two other friends and we're just like jumping everywhere, jumping all over the playground, like from high to low and just like, we were really into it, you know, it was very competitive. Um, And then I jumped from the top of this playground and I landed on a child. Um, Yeah, she landed on a child and I was like, oh my God. And the child was like, "Ah!" and I was like, oh my God, no and the child was instantly crying like looked like they were in so much pain I was just like so I ran to the nurse's office and I was like crying and I was like please um I've I, I jumped from the top of this thing and I landed this kid like he's not okay um yeah and then the I think an ambulance came yeah, and I was just, like, crying. I got sent to the vice principal's office, just, like, crying. And my mom, I remember my mom telling me, so she's, like, I literally got a call and they were, like, please come in. Like, we need to speak to you. Come into the office. And my mom, my mom was, like, to me, oh, I was thinking, like, Lord, please, what has she done now? She came in and then, like, the, prince, the vice principal had to tell her what happened. It was, like, really mortifying. Anyway, what happened was I landed on this poor prep, prep kid at the in the playground okay prep kids are like um f- five yeah they're five so they've and they're their first year in primary school which makes me feel so bad because that's their first year of primary school and I think they had only just started or was like going into this or maybe no it was going into the summer so like they would have been at prep already for like one year so um yeah I felt so bad because I actually ended up breaking both of his legs we're just going to take a moment to be silent there and just really, you know, take responsibility for what I did. Yeah, so I broke a child, five-year-old legs, and it felt really, really, really bad. My mom made me, made us, like, she took me to go visit um, this child at his home and, like, give a present and just, like, check that he's okay. And my mom was mortified. Like, I don't think, I think she was honestly just like, I'm going to disown you. You're like the worst child ever. Because we got there and the poor child was in a double cast from like his waist down. And oh, it was so bad. Like, I felt so, so bad. It was the middle of summer. It was so hot. Like, oh, it was terrible. And like, my mom was just like, really just not in a good position. My mom was like, I feel like my mom felt really, really embarrassed for us as a family. It was a real moment of like, you've, brought great dishonor to the family. But yeah, I felt terrible. Um I was 9, like honest mistakes not like I was like 21 making a ter- like actively trying to squish somebody. Was 9 making a very very silly mistake, but it taught me a good lesson of being a little bit more gentle. But obviously not good enough because I ended up accidentally breaking my other friend's collarbone. So what happened was this. This was really really like like really really unfortunate. So we were, like, um, on school camp. I was, like, running up this hill with my friend, racing my other friend up the hill. And then, like, at the end, I kind of tripped and fell and, like, fell forward. And, like, I, like, bumped into my friend, like, oh, like, like kind of crashed into her. But honestly, it was not that hard because, like, my other friend crashed into somebody else. But maybe, once again, I'm really heavy-boned and just a chubster. So I ran into this, my friend, and she was like, oh like oh and I was like oh my god no what's happened okay I'm also just gonna say by this stage I was at a different school and it was in high school and I was I think we were in year eight so it kind of makes it like one percent better um and then it turned out that she broke her collarbone well I broke a collarbone it was terrible I felt so bad I remember like she, and we were really close friends I used to take her like buns and stuff while she was like recovering at home but the worst thing about that was like she was supposed to be like the lead for her like dance school. And then I really ruined that. So, honestly, I feel so bad. Like, I'm actually a bad human, aren't I? I'm just so clumsy. Like, it was just so bad, like, that that happened. Really not okay. Ruining people's hopes and dreams out there. This story is not funny. This is just me being an idiot, okay? I feel terrible. Okay, the last story is this one was really, I feel like, also very unfortunate and also not 100%. Like, this is just, like, oops. Like, that's really unfortunate that happened, but it's not. Much I could have done to like avoid it. I was playing basketball with my friend and I threw the basketball at her and then she went to catch the ball and then ended up breaking her finger. I swear I'm not like some like Miss Marvel, like with like crazy amount of power, but something happens. And after that, I was, that was when we were in primary school as well. After that, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be really, really gentle with people. So I think now I try to be very gentle and not now, but like ever since I was like 13. I've been actively very mindful of being gentle and not trying to hurt others. But yeah, super unfortunate that those things happened between the age of nine and like 13 for me. But like, I'm very sorry to all those people, to all those that I hurt. I'm very sorry. But lesson learned, don't be so clumsy. Anyway, that was my story times for you guys. Some funny, some introspective, some very dark and a poor reflection of me and my heavy-boned nature. Uh, But thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. See y'all in the next episode. Bye.